This message is from Grace Church, located in Frisco, a suburb of Dallas-Fort Worth. The Grace Church website is gracechurchfrisco.org. The guest speaker is featured on this message. Well, again, good morning. As Greg, Craig said, my name is Chauncey Allman. I'm one of the community group leaders here at the church. And let me also wish you Happy New Year. And can't believe 2018 is here uh, already. And, uh, but it's here, and so we need to be ready. Uh, before I start, I want to um, thank Craig for the opportunity to uh, come up here today. Uh, I don't take this opportunity lightly. I uh, thank Rob and uh, Bob as well, Caleb, who's out today. Um, and Caleb, as you know, spoke a couple of weeks ago in Nehemiah. And it's just been a tremendous experience to prepare for today. I mean, even the guys just praying this morning, just coming up behind me. Uh, even Caleb, who's away, I don't know where he is, but he texted me this morning a word of encouragement at 3.43 a.m. He's in South America. I figured he was somewhere where the time. So we need to let him know if he's listening to the podcast, Caleb, I'm in central time zone next time. And thanks to Caleb, I have not been asleep since 3.43 a.m. this morning. But Caleb, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, that's my buddy. Um, <laughs> now, when Craig first asked me to speak, this, this was a couple of months ago, and he told me it would be New Year's Eve. And I thought, man, okay, this, this, this would be pretty cool because New Year's Eve is when you, you know, the, the service before New, New Year's Eve is where you talk about New Year's resolutions and you're going to hear statistics about how many people are going to get gym memberships and then they're going to not go again, you know, around March. You know, you hear about that. Then you hear about the new diets everyone's going to be on and everyone's, you know, eating right. And then by like next week, you're back to eating Pop-Tarts and Reese's Cups. Um, and so I thought, man, this would be an easy one to do because I can just talk about how we can encourage you to stay strong with your New Year's resolutions. And um, now if you do have New Year's resolutions, I'm not putting those down. Hey, best wishes to you. More power to you. Um, but this won't necessarily be one of those, hey, this is 2018, you know, you can do it type of things. It will be a continuation of Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah 4 uh, verses 15 through 23 and what I will do though is kind of weave in some things where we reflect back on 2017 and look forward to 2018 so I guess there will be some uh, resolutions uh, of sort so with that said let's let's go ahead and jump right on in Uh, if you have your Bibles if you could again turn to Nehemiah chapter 4 verses 15 through 23. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, you can look uh, at the seats underneath in front of you. There's a Bible and you can turn to page 227, uh, which is where Nehemiah 4, 15 through 23 is located. Um, If you uh, use an electronic device for your Bible study, I would highly recommend you go ahead and open up your Logos Bible application. Um, that's L-O-G-O-S. <laughs> Reason why I'm laughing, and some of you are laughing, um, as Craig mentioned, I did just receive a new job recently. I just started last week, and it was with, or it is with, the Faith Life Corporation, maker of the Logos Bible application. <laughs> now, I would never 
stand up here and shamelessly plug my company. I would never, that would just be so tacky if I just stood up here and, and suggested that you go and buy some logo software or, you know, downloaded the app today. I mean, but if I was going to do that, I, if I was, I would probably, you know, I don't know, I might put the picture of the app on the screen. Oh, oh God, look at there. Wow, it just appeared. Wow. I mean, if you I mean if you just happen to go to the Apple App Store and, you know, this is what the app looks like, or if you go to the Google Play Store, this is what it looks like. But I would never stand up here and plug my company. Um, now, in all seriousness, if you do do that, I get paid nothing. Um, that's not part of my job to get you to go and download the app. Um, I, don't, I don't get paid a dime for that. That was just uh, all in fun. Um, but in all seriousness, though, all jokes aside, on behalf of myself, my wife and my three kids, we just want to really thank you for all of you who have been praying uh, for our family, praying for this job situation. Uh, I've been uh, pursuing that, this position since July, uh, June, July, and some of you have been praying diligently for that job all this time. And it, and it did finally happen. So I just wanted to start by saying thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the prayers. We really appreciate it. Now, let's go ahead and read uh, Nehemiah 4, 15 through 23. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held their spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah, who were building the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we labored at the work, and half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. I also said to the people at that time, let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem, that they may be a guard for us by night and may labor by day. So neither, neither I nor my brothers nor my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand. Our topic for today is stay ready so you won't have to get ready. Stay ready so you won't have to get ready. Let's pray. God, we just are so grateful for you today. God, we just thank you for 2017 and all that it brought to us. We thank you for the ups and downs and all of the challenges and all the celebrations that we had in 2017. And God, as the clock continues to tick and about to strike midnight tonight, what we call 2018, God, we are hopeful and we put our faith and trust in you for what the year 
uh, has in store for us. God, we could not do this alone. We could not be here without your grace and your mercy. And God, we just, uh, in advance, just pray. We just plead with you, Lord, to just help us, lead us, guide us, direct us. God, give us the wisdom. Give, give us to knowledge, the knowledge, so that, God, we can look more like you. We can be more like you. We can serve you better. We can serve you more faithfully in 2018. God, we just thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, when you read a passage like this from Nehemiah, you probably could think, man, that's a great story, but I've never had a fight in my life. I don't carry weapons. I don't carry spears. Uh, you know, other than that failed DIY project in 2012, I haven't built a thing. But we're hearing about walls being built and swords and, and, and spears, and you're wondering, well, what does that have to do with me? Well, while you may not have slept with a spear in your hand lately, there are some similarities between our day-to-day lives and the book of Nehemiah. Uh, what I've done here is compile, and you see the words on the screen. What, I, what I've done is compile a list of the key components of the book of Nehemiah. And what we're going to do is take a look at some of these words. Again, these are the key components to the book. And we're going to look at it, and we're going to study some in more detail than others. But we're going to look at how the book of Nehemiah can relate to us on a day-to-day basis. Anger. Who here hasn't dealt with anger? I mean, I'm looking at some of your faces right now. It looks like you may have had some anger on the way to church this morning. (laughs) Conflict. Nehemiah had conflict with the leaders of Jerusalem. Have you had any conflicts in your house lately? Discipline. The book of Nehemiah is full of situations where to reach their goal, they had to be disciplined. Could any of you need some, use some discipline in your life today? Discouragement. Nehemiah's crew worked very hard, only to be discouraged along the way. To some of you, 2017 was a very discouraging year. Encouragement. The workers had to be encouraged as they saw each other work as a team. Can you stand to be a better encourager in 2018? Faith. As opposition came to Nehemiah, he needed faith to press on. Does your faith need a little boost in 2018? Fear. There was fear all throughout the people of Israel. Some of you may have some fears today. Leadership. Some in this room are leaders on your jobs and in the workplace. Perhaps Nehemiah's example can provide you some tips. Opposition. Remember when Caleb spoke a couple of weeks ago, he talked about the jeers and the mockery that uh, Nehemiah and his people faced. Um, What about the opposition you may be dealing with in your circle of life today? Persecution. You ever try to do the right thing and get persecuted? What about perseverance? Did anyone need to persevere in 2017 amongst your trials? Prayer. Does anyone here have the perfect prayer life? No, me either. War. Anyone experiencing spiritual warfare right now? Watchfulness. Maybe in 2018, we could stand to be a little more on on guard. Also in Nehemiah, we hear about God. We hear about his power, his providence, his wrath. Now, by a show of hands, have we struck a chord 
with anybody in this room from that list. Has anyone dealt with, dealing with, a lot of hands went up in the room. Stay ready so you won't have to get ready. Some of you might be saying, stay ready so you won't have to get ready. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's what we're going to be talking about today. First off, opposition. Opposition is imminent. It's coming. Ever since Nehemiah showed up on the scene, there's opposition. That's the why we need to stay ready. That's the why, because opposition is coming. I like the the way uh, J.I. Packer quotes this subject of opposition. Any ideas of getting beyond conflict outward or in our pursuit of holiness in the world is an escapist dream that can only have disillusioning and demoralizing effects on us. Waking experience daily disproves it. What we must realize, rather, is that any real holiness in us will be under hostile fire all the time, just as our Lord was. Got to love that Logos graphic up there. Um, In other words, what Packer is saying, don't fool yourself. Opposition is coming. You ever think that once this thing gets fixed, everything is going to be okay? You, You think, what if I get that promotion? Everything is going to be great. Once I save up this amount of money, everything's going to be great. And then something comes up. Everyone ever experienced that? You think once I hit this plateau, life is going to be great. And then something comes up. Or what about when your finances do get to that place where you've hoped they would get and the finances are looking just nice and then your kids start acting up? Um, It's going to come. You're thinking, Lord, can a brother just catch a break? It's often said you're either coming into a trial, you're coming out of a trial, or a trial is on the way. Well, as Craig mentioned, trials uh, are no stranger to my family, especially in 2017. Um, 2017 was a year full of trials for the Almond household. Um, We went into the year with great hope and, and, and great promise and a lot of great ideas and a lot of great plans and things just kind of took a turn. Uh, we went into the year uh, with the previous job that I had. I managed a, a sales team in the U.S. and in Canada, and we were one of the number one teams uh, across the world. And then I get a call in May saying, we're going to go ahead and end that position. And I'm thinking, wow, we were, we were on top of the world, and all of a sudden it's over just like that? And some of you may know my wife. She's not here this morning. She'll be at the 11 o'clock service. My wife deals with chronic pain. She has rheumatoid arthritis. She has fibromyalgia. She has migraines daily. Even now, she hasn't been able to eat anything other than crackers since Thanksgiving. She's lost 20 pounds in the past month. We had hopes of adopting. We, had, we, were, we were thinking about do- adopting two or three kids in 2017. You know, without a job, it makes it a little tough to adopt uh, any kids and plus some other things that just interrupted that. And then as a dad, 
my daughter, my baby daughter, it was going to college. And that's a moment we all should lo- look forward to. And I did. But selfishly, I was concerned because my daughter was going away to college. And so that's a moment in life where I'd been dreading all of my life when I would have to drop her off and, and my little baby would be gone. So that was weighing on me. So, that, so now we, we're talking about a job loss in May, um, no adoption in May. Um, my daughter's about to, to go away to college. And then I get a diagnosis of prostate cancer in June. I'm like, gosh, Lord, what are you doing? What, what, what's happening? What's going on? And then I hear about this dream job in June with this company called Faith Life, maker of Logos Bible Software. I thought, man, this is the dream job. It's the dream job. I would get to travel the world speaking in front of thousands of people. And so, as I mentioned earlier, so, much of, so many of you have prayed for that job. And then in July, I get an email saying, sorry, you're going to go with another candidate. We'll keep your resume on file. So now I'm still unemployed. My wife is sick. My daughter is heading off to college. And my oldest son is a senior at college. He goes to Baylor. I'm like, Lord, I have one child who I haven't even finished paying for college yet. I have a senior and I have a daughter going to college. I have no job. We're sick. I have cancer. Lord, this, what, what, what's going on? Well, 2017 caused us to lean heavily on the Lord heavily on the Lord like we had never done before our hope wasn't in a resume our hope wasn't in a networking connection our hope wasn't in the doctor our hope was in the Lord we know that opposition is coming we knew it was coming we didn't know it was coming like that we didn't know when but we knew just like Nehemiah faced opposition but he and his crew were ready Now, you're probably wondering, wait a minute, what about this job you were just talking about? You were celebrating and you tell me you get a rejection email in July? Come on, you you must be confused. Well, two days before Thanksgiving, I get a call from that company and they're like, we were just playing. Come on, work for us. (laughs) John 10.10 warns us that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy Again, you may not be building a wall, but you're trying to stay faithful to your wife. You're trying to serve your ministry well. Moms, you're trying to be a good example to your kids. Singles, you're trying to stay sexually pure. And the enemy sees all of this. Stay ready so you won't have to get ready. The first thing we find that Nehemiah did was pray. This is how we get ready. We pray, pray, and pray some more. Nehemiah started back uh, in chapter 1, verse 4, praying. He prayed again in chapter 4, verses 4 and 9. But did he just pray and sit back and do nothing? No. Look at chapter 4, verse 9. You don't have to turn there, but I'll read it. Verse 9 reads, And we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. Know how, note how he prayed 
and set a guard as a protection. Now, some of you may be asking, shouldn't we just pray and just let go and let God? Well, I like the way the commentator Derek Thomas puts it in his analysis of Nehemiah. He says this, true, God is sovereign and free to grant or withhold blessings as he wishes. Churches have known God's extraordinary immediate blessings on the faithful exposition of his word. That fact, however, should not lead us to conclude that there is nothing practical that we can or should do. Yes, Grace Church, we're about to get real practical this morning. You ever been out of work? Did you just pray and do nothing else? Sure, God could provide you that job without you doing anything. In his providence, he absolutely could do that. In his sovereignty, he absolutely could do that. You could get laid off on Monday and the phone would ring on Tuesday with that new job. It could happen. However, I think the God-honoring thing to do would, to, would be to do our part as well. Plus, guys, I don't think your wives would be too happy if you lost your job and you prayed and you sat on the couch all day watching Maury Povich trying to find out who the baby daddy is. <laughs> Get out, network, do your homework on companies. Get the word out that you're looking for work. Stay ready so you won't have to get ready. Let's look at verse 15. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. What we see here is the work halted due to the jeers and threats. However, scripture says that God had frustrated their plan and then they got back to work. One could think that because God had frustrated their plan, they could just return to work and just coast and just chill because God's going to do the work for us. However, let's look at how the people of Israel got on guard and were watchful. Verse 16. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held their spears, spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. Coats of mail are referring to the metal breastplates. They were saying, yeah, we prayed, but let's stay ready. Let's get the picture here. As it just mentioned, there were people on the wall working. Half of them were on the wall. The other half were standing guard. They were watching. They had their spears. And if I could just imagine what that looked like as they were working, half were working and half were on guard, I could just see them right now just standing on guard, just looking right, looking left, just watching and watching and saying, go on, dog, build that wall. We got you. We got you. I could just see that happening because they knew opposition was looming, but they were ready. Grace Church, I have a question. Are our spears up and ready? Have we set up protection around us? Or do we get caught up in the I got this alone mentality? Is pride getting in the way? Or do you bring your fears, your troubles, and sins, let's say, to communion?
unity group? Hmm. Hold up. Are we in a community group? You know, community group. It's that group where your family of believers that you meet weekly and they can support you and they can literally stand around you in prayer. And when you're going through a tough time, they can stand firm with you and just watch and watch and say, stay strong, my friend. We got you. That's what community group will do for you. One quick story. In our community group, at one specific time within a one-month period, there were three of us out of work at the same time. And then a month before that, we had a fourth person. So, And then that person got a job within a month. So there were three of us out of work at the same time. And we would have people that would come up to me and said, hey, Chauncey, we want to visit the Almond Community Group. I'm like, you sure you want to do that? Because um, our reputation is that, you know, you come to our group, you get out of work. So I don't know if you want to do that or not. But, um, but what happened was, you know, we stuck together. And I couldn't imagine going through a period of unemployment without my community group. We have a men's group chat. And we just text each other all day, almost every day. Uh, phones just going off all the time. And it would be, hey, got a job interview at 1 o'clock. And the rest of the guys would respond back, praying, praying, smiley face, all types of things. Then we would uh, come to the group on Tuesdays, and everyone would just pray for all of us that were going through a job situation. Then we would go back to the group chat hey, I got a good job lead. And then the other fellas would just come back and text and text and text. And then some of us, some would be upset. Like, man, you guys text all the time. But that's how we do. That's what community group does is we come together. We stand together as a team. Now, one of the things that um, the three of us did was we would meet weekly at McDonald's and just get together. And we were like, hey, I'm out of work. You're out of work. I can't sit on a couch trying to find out who the baby daddy is anymore. We need to get out of the house, and we need to, you know, talk to each other and help uplift each other. And we would talk about job scenarios and interview skills and, you know, maybe you should do this and maybe you should do that. And it was just a great time of leaning on one another and staying on guard and staying ready. Now, let me give you just a, a, a little praise report on that situation. It's how, 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 how interesting God can work. Of the three of us that were out of work at that same time, two of us got a job offer on the exact same day. The exact same day. The third person of the trio, um, he's still looking. We're still continuing to pray for him. And um, I just spoke to him recently, and he has a a really strong lead. And hopefully uh, early next week, you know, he'll have some information. And prayerfully soon we can say that we are all um, back to work. Um, and one of the guys in the group, Stephen Shu, I won't point him out, but um, we used to go to McDonald's, and uh, Stephen Shu is one of the cheapest, I'm sorry, thriftiest men I know, and he would, you know, he put us on to the McDonald's app. If you don't know about the McDonald's app, they have all types of specials, you know, buy one, get one free, and, and so even today when I go to McDonald's, I think of Stephen Shu, and I pull up my app, and, you know, I'll get it. But it was quite the, uh, the sight to see three grown men at McDonald's sharing a Happy Meal. Um, 
hey, we were out of work, you know. Hey, you get a nugget, you get a nugget, you get a half a nugget. Uh, but hey, we did what we had to do. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Verse 17 and 18a. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. I like what the Faith Life Study Bible says about this passage. It says, after the recent events, meaning verses 1 through 14, this preparedness was necessary. It also showed their enemies that they were prepared for battle. Let me ask you this. In times of opposition, do we realize who we have as an advocate? We do know as believers that we have the creator of this universe on our side, right? We do know that. Yes, pray, pray, and pray some more. And also, take that first step at whatever you may be going through. If some of you are struggling with pornography, have you taken that first step and met with the freedom groups here at Grace Church? Also, whatever you may be going through, seek counsel from a more mature believer. We're all in this together. Nehemiah prayed and the workers worked with one hand on the task and the other hand on their weapon. In other words, pray, pray, but do what you can to protect yourself, to guard yourself. Stay ready so you won't have to get ready. Verses 18 through 20. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread. And we are separated on the wall far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Note that in verse 19 that because they were spread out, they were more susceptible to attack. Now, if trouble were to come, They will blow the horn to rally the troops. Now, how comforting would it have been to know that if trouble starts, that the man that sounds the trumpet would be near? Now, growing up, I didn't have an older brother to come to the rescue for me. But I did have an older cousin named Andre. Andre was a pretty big guy. He played football. He played basketball. And when trouble would come my way, I would say, You know I am Andre's cousin, right? They would leave me alone. Do your brothers and sisters in Christ know when it's time to blow the horn for you? When your marriage is in trouble, are horns blowing for you? Don't miss the point, though. God is on our side, and he's the one that does the fighting. But let's practically stay ready as well. When the re-engaged marriage groups were announced, did you sign up? Not necessarily just because your marriage is in trouble, but you wanted to stay ready. Stay ready so you won't have to get ready. Verses 21 and 22. So we labored at the work, and half of them held their spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. I also said to the people at that time, 
let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem, that they may be a guard for us by night and may labor by day. When I read about or hear about anything that was done day and night, I think about dedication. Anytime you have to stay up all night and work all day and stay up all night, to me that's dedication. You ever think about some of the things you had to stay up day and night for? It probably wouldn't have been your first choice to stay up night and day, but you did what you had to do. What about when you had a young child, or if you have a young child now that's sick, and you have to stay up all night, you have to wake up or wake him or her up to give him that medicine, you have to take the temperature, and you, you, know, you can't sleep because you always have to be on guard while you look after your small child. Uh, is your savings not where it need to be? Is the bank account not looking quite right? And you want to build up a little more money in the account? What do you do? You pick up a, a second job, right? I heard a comedian say many years ago, if you need some spare change, you get a spare job. <laughs> you do what you got to do. Um, I recall my senior year in college, I had gotten a job offer way before I had graduated. And I had to, you know, keep my grades up in order to graduate and to, to get that job. And I remember spending several nights, all night, staying up, studying and studying and studying because I knew what was on the other side, which was graduation and a job. I did what I had to do to keep the grades up. Now, now let me, let me be clear. Um, I stayed up quite a bit, studied quite a bit, but it was also because my GPA was, um, my, let's just say my GPA needed some redeeming from the Lord. <laughs> my GPA needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't where it needed to be. Um, I was a, a biology major, and some of my classes had two grades that would determine what your final grade would be two tests to determine your final grade. The first test, like we had a 1,500-page biology book, let's say, and the first test was on half of the book. The second test was on the whole book. Did I pray? Absolutely. I prayed, prayed, and prayed quite a bit, but I knew I had to do some things on my own. My own. Those tests weren't going to be taken by themselves. And in the end, did I graduate? I did. Did I graduate cum laude? No, not even <laughs> close to cum laude. I, I graduated, as some of you have heard, not cum laude, but I graduated, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> now, in terms of application, what do we do with these passages? As we start 2018, Many of us look to New Year's Day to start new things. What better place to start than, what, than the things we've talked about through the book of Nehemiah? Much was said about Nehemiah's prayers. I've uh, been reading this book lately, almost finished, not quite yet, but it's a book on prayer by um, Paul Miller. It's called A Praying Life. I like the way he quotes prayer here. He says, 
We are to combine a robust trust in the good shepherd with a vigilance about the presence of evil in our own hearts and in the hearts of others. We need to pray, pray, and pray some more. I would add, don't be too busy for prayer and don't forget to whom you're praying. I said earlier, we're going to get real practical today. And we're going to give you some more practical things right now. That Bible reading plan, that can start today. That new devotional, that can start today. That new Bible study, that can start today. That new habit of family Bible reading, that can start today. I've mentioned several times about not doing life alone. One of the ways that I've highlighted this and I've talked about it several times already today was community groups. Now, in the Connect Center, go out here, make a right, uh, my right, your left. Um, You go to the Connect Center. There's information about all of the community groups. There's even business cards that has uh, pictures of the community group leaders, the dates that they, they meet, the times, the locations. So go find a community group. My dad used to have a saying. He said, Chauncey, don't get caught slipping. And what he meant was be on guard at all times. Don't get caught slipping on community groups. Don't get caught slipping on the freedom groups. Find a group, pick one, go participate. Don't get caught slipping on re-engaged classes, the marriage classes. Next time they're offered, go. Don't get caught slipping on pornography. Freedom groups, go. Also, who are you keeping guard on? Who are you watching over? We're all in this thing together. And finally, as I close, let us never forget why we're able to call on the Lord to help fight for us. See, he fought for us over 2,000 years ago. We did him wrong. We were his enemies. We mocked him. We rebelled against him. Yet he died on the cross and he did that for us. Death's sting was no more. He bled. He died. And on the third day, he rose. Now, this is real quiet in here. My, my previous church churches, when we get to that part, it would get real loud in here. You have to settle some people down. So let me rewind that and do it because you, 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 your brain might be a little chilly right now because that, that was a part where we needed to get a little excited. So let me rewind the tape here. So he fought for us over 2,000 years ago. We died. We did him wrong. We were his enemies. We jeered him. We mocked him. We rebelled against him. Yet he died on a cross and he did that for us. Death's sting was no more. He bled, he died, and on the third day, he rose again. He's even looking out for us right now. He's looking out at us right now saying, stay ready, Grace Church. I got you, dog. I got you. Let's pray. You've been listening to a message from Grace Church. For more information, visit our website or write us at podcast at gracechurchfrisco.org.